courtesy of Bob the Engineer, Dolly the Receptionist, and yes, your host, your servant, the Jester. Oh, my Lord. We're wired that way. No point in fighting it. Hi, everybody. I'm Archie Bell with the Thrills of Houston, Texas. We don't only sing, but we dance. Do you know exactly how to read it and only know well to do it? You unscrew it very fast. Cause a kid will eat the middle of an Oreo first and save the chocolate cookie outside's for life. See? There's so much Krusty cream between. Aren't Oreo kids lucky? Aren't Oreo mothers wonderful? Cause a kid will eat the middle of an Oreo first and save the chocolate cookie outside's for life. Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> The complete solution for your home PC. Here I am, I'm a dumb white guy. Not old, not new. I'm not middle school, fifth grade. I'm like, I don't know. No, 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 no. She's pick up me and buy me my whole cushy fry. I'm the other white meat. Santa now. Hey, 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 hey. Come on in, have a seat. Sit down, make yourself at home. Kind of like a Han Solo. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. what I'm talking about. You know, I got this um, nigger, I mean, dealer in town here. And uh, sometimes when I go to see him, it's like this funky, filthy, dirty, nasty dirt weed. And sometimes it's just lovely. And today is one of those days. The lovely days. It doesn't taste so good, but it works great. And it tastes okay. Hey, you're listening to The Ravings of a Clown. It's Saturday, March the 15th, and here we find ourselves again, neither of us without a life. Well, welcome. Come on in, put your feet up, put your head back. You do have head back permission for the next uh, 120 minutes. 
That's right, for the duration of the show, you have the right to uh, ignore everything. The kids are all put to bed, and the dishes are all in the drying rack, and uh, all your obligations are set aside. Now it's just time for a little you time. A little, little time to catch up on what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours and maybe have a few laughs. Maybe even stop by the Jester Radio chat room and rub elbows with all the nice, uh, kind, uh, decent folk that cluster around there. Time now to turn our attention to the headlines. Some, some, sinner, boom, bing. Soldiers on foot. And uh, in armored carriers swarmed Tibet's capital today, enforcing a strict curfew a day after protesters burned shops and cars to vent their anger about Chinese rule. What the deal is, is that uh, China doesn't want to let go of Tibet. Tibet, you know, fancies itself an independent country. I mean, who the fuck wants to be ruled by China? And rather than sit down and negotiate like, you know, modern, you know, reasonable folks do, they right away send in the the tanks. In another uh, w- uh, Western city, police clashed with hundreds of Buddhist monks uh, leading a sympathy demonstration. The violence erupted just two weeks before China's Summer Olympic celebrations kick off with the start of the torch relay, which passes through Tibet. China is gambling that it's cracked down will not draw an international outcry over human rights violations that could lead to boycotts of the Olympics. This is, of course, what they fear the most. This is always what these um, brutal dictatorships always fear the most, are these international uh, boycotts. There's nothing they could do, you know, uh, these international embargoes. And they look like shit in front of the world, you know. This is the only power that the world has over China that is worth a fuck. Which is why uh, I agree it would be terrible for uh, all the people and um, all the athletes and all the families and uh, all the people that stand to make all the money and all the people that invested all the money. But I say uh, boycott the motherfuckers. What other you know way, if they're not going to learn... Uh, by bringing them to world shame, then fucking hit them in their pocketbooks. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice called on China to exercise restraint in dealing with these protests, while the State Department, and of course the United States and China, they're just sucking each other's dicks in public, you know. We, you know, the United States gets like 90% of all its fucking Walmart goods from China. Don't kid yourself, you know. Uh, they found a couple of, uh, uh, you know, hunks of lead in the baby toys and they found some poison in the pet food you know but don't think that slowed down uh the amount of shit that's still coming from china all of it's coming from china every bit of it the latest unrest began on monday in the anniversary of a 1959 uprising against uh, chinese rule tibet was effectively independent for decades before communist troops entered in 1950 initially the protests were led by buddhist monks demanding the release of other detained monks. Their demands spiraled to include cries for Tibet's independence and turned violent on Friday when police tried to stop a group of uh, protesting monks. Pent-up grievances against Chinese rule came to a fore as Tibetans directed their anger against Chinese and their shops, their hotels, 
and their businesses. You know, if I was the Chinese and they were occupying a unfriendly country, uh, I wouldn't piss them off. If it, it was the uh, fiercest challenge to Beijing's authority in nearly 20 years, China's official Xinhua news agency reported at least 10 civilians were uh, burned to death on Friday. The Dalai Lama uh, exiled Tibetan government in India said Chinese authorities killed at least 30 Tibetans, possibly as many as 100. Figures could not be independently verified because it's fucking China. International, meanwhile, International Olympic Committee President Jacques Rogue poured cold water today on calls for a boycott of the Summer Games in Beijing over China's crackdown in Tibet, saying it would only hurt the athletes. I mean, the children. I mean, the steroid makers. We believe that the boycott doesn't solve anything, Rogue told reporters on the Caribbean island. On the contrary, it's penalizing innocent athletes and it's stopping their organization uh, from something that definitely is worthwhile organizing. What? Demonstrations against Chinese rule in Tibet on Friday, the most violent uh, riots there in nearly two decades, left at least 30 protesters dead, as we reported. On a six-day tour of the Caribbean, Rogue expressed condolences for the victims and said that he hopes uh, calm would be restored immediately. He declined to say whether the committee would change its stance if violence continues or more people are killed. Can't say what he'll do then. Maybe he'll boycott. The International Olympic Committee has consistently resisted calls for a boycott of the Olympic Games, Rogue said. Uh, he declined to comment further. Of course they resist. It would, be, it would be the fucking death knell. The Olympic Committee wants desperately for the Olympics to be left out of any kind of, you know, politics or international, uh, you know, focus because they just want their shit to happen. And let me tell you, man, it's worth fucking billions and trillions of dollars to these Chinese. They've been building hotels and they've been doing all kinds of shit for years, you know, trying to like teach the Chinese people not to spit. Uh, they got signs up all over the subways, remember, don't spit. You got fucking people from foreign countries here now. Let's try and tone down the spitting. And uh, other disgusting habits that they have. So a crane mounted to the side of a skyscraper under construction toppled with a roar today uh, in downtown New York City, smashing into a block of apartment buildings, killing at least four people and setting off a scramble for survivors in the rubble. The crane split into pieces as it fell, pulverizing a four-story townhouse and demolishing parts of three other buildings one man was pulled from the townhouse three and a half hours after the building was crushed. Mayor Michael Bloomberg said at least four people believed to be construction workers have died, and at least ten people were injured in one of the city's worst construction accidents in recent memory. The collapse devastated the affluent block on Manhattan's east side. Uh, Manhattan's east side. I read somewhere that it was uh, 51st and 2nd, which is a, just a gorgeous neighborhood. Right near where... Uh, the uh, statue of the, and I forget what it is, statue of the pig with the something in its stomach that Steve and I made that movie at. Uh, Mayor Michael Bloomberg said at least four people uh, were killed. The collapse devastated. The affluent block on Manhattan's east side, cars were overturned and crushed. A huge dust cloud rose over the neighborhood. Rubble was piled several stories high. 
It's a horrible situation, very gory. There's blood in the streets, said Lieutenant Governor David Patterson, who, by the way, just took over today as uh, the governor for disgraced uh, Elliot Spitzer. He can't even see the blood, but he knows. New York's got themselves their first black governor and their first blind governor. Uh, an intensive rescue operation was underway to find anybody possibly trapped in the rubble. Fire Commissioner Nicholas Scopetta. <coughs> it's also a great uh, bar neighborhood, 51st and 2nd. That whole 2nd Avenue, seriously, going up to like the 90s. Because up in the 80s, you got Boodles, which was a happening place in my day. Uh, and then you had all those other, you know, and then, and then there was that all-night diner, the Green Kitchen, which is where you would take the chick that you picked up in one of the bars just to see her in some kind of, you know, fluorescent lighting or, or incandescent lighting so you could see what you're getting your hands on there. Because there was an emergency exit in the back of the restaurant, if you know what I'm saying. And an emergency is an emergency. Fire Commissioner Nicholas Scapetta said the rescue was a painstaking hand operation. Uh, apparently they don't have special tools that do it for you. Um, as we try to remove the rubble so uh, we don't cause further collapse or injure anyone who may still be in the building, he said. The operation would continue all night if necessary, including the use of search dogs and thermal imaging and listening devices. John LaGreco, who owns FUBAR in the, in the crushed building, this was a bar right there, uh, said that he feared one of his employees was dead inside. Our bar is done, he said. The crane crashed the whole building. If I wasn't w watching a Yankee game, I would have come to work early and gotten killed. There you go. Another reason. G God bless the Yankees. Uh, about 19 of the planned 43-story uh, condominium had been erected, and the crane was um, scheduled to be extended today so workers could start work on a fresh story, according to the owner of the company that manages the construction site. pieces of steel fell. Get this. Sheared off one of the ties holding the crane to the building, causing it to detach and to topple. According to Stephen Kaplan, uh, owner of Reliance Construction Group, it was an absolute freak accident, Kaplan said. All the uh, piece of steel had to do was fall slightly to the left or right, and nothing would have happened. Except, of course, killed the guy standing on the ground underneath the seat, a piece of fucking 10-ton steel, but... Nothing would have happened to the building, I mean. Kaplan said the company had subcontracted the work to different companies, was not in charge of the crane. Phone messages and email left for the crane's owner. New York crane and equipment were not immediately returned. Kaplan uh, wasn't sure uh, whether any workers at the site were among the dead. James Kennelly, the lead partner at East 51st Street Development Company, which was overseeing the project, issued a written statement uh, expressing the group's dismay. Over the accident, there are no words to describe the level of devastation we feel today as a result of this tragic event. He said, our heart and prayers are with the family of those who died in this horrible accident. We're also praying for a full recovery for the individuals who have been injured today. Neighborhood residents said that they complained to the city several times about the construction um, at the site, saying crews worked illegal hours and the building was going up too fast. And let me tell you, man, I've seen that. That sounds kind of silly, but, you know, I've seen that happen in New York City. You know, like you park your car one day and you look up and you go, 
wow, new uh, building. And then like next week, they're like, oh my God. <laughs> what are there, like 10 floors already on the building? It just seems to go up really fucking fast. Not that I have a complaint to anybody about it, but I have noticed that. City officials said that they issued 13 violations to this particular site in the last 27 uh, months, a normal amount for a project of this size. Inspectors uh, examined the crane on Friday and found nothing wrong with it. City Building Department records showed that on March 4, a caller told um, a, um, uh, officials that the upper portions of the crane appeared to lack the proper number of safety ties attaching it to the building. City inspector visited the site and determined on March 6 that no um, violation was warranted. So if it was fucked up, they fixed it before then. The collapse uh, comes uh, amid a building boom in New York City. Following a spate of construction accidents in recent months, including some involving cranes, uh, today nearly uh, nearby residents reported hearing a terrible roar as the structure detached from the uh, condominium. First I heard a rumble, and it increased, and then it increased, said Bill Riley, who lives a block away. It continued building in strength until there was a final vroom. It shook the stick six-story six brick building that I live in. Burr. So, and I'm looking at the picture of the building. It's just totally trashed, and, and uh, it looks like it was just sliced. It was one of these sliver buildings. They slipped between, you know, two other buildings, uh, and uh, it just looks like it was just crushed. The two adjacent buildings, though, look relatively fine. I think there's some damage to the top of one, but... Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. And, you know, although I chose this lonely life, it seems it's strangling me now. Three Dog Night starts it off on JR. Please don't touch that dial.
Dog Night on Jest Radio. You just gotta let the show go on. Yip, beep, beetle, doodle, dop, deep, doo-boo. The Calliope song. And uh, all the wild men, big cigars, gigantic cars, they're all laughing at my lie. And I've been used. And I've been a fool. I broke all the rules. But you gotta let the show go on. That's what we do right here on Jester Radio. The name of the show is The Ravings of a Clown, and me, moi, I, oh, why no one special, no one important, no big deal, just your old pal, your old friend, your old buddy, your companion, your guide, the jester. Desperate to aid an economy in crisis, the Federal Reserve is ready to deliver yet another big interest rate cut. How big? One half of a percentage point. Some economists say investors and others hope for even more. Three-quarters cut or perhaps a full point. Given the turmoil on Wall Street, it will be a close call, Fed watchers say. The speculation ends uh, this afternoon, or rather on Tuesday afternoon, after Fed Chairman Ben Barnank and central bank policymakers have met. Whatever their decision, for a growing number of analysts, one more rate reduction will not be the lifeline that pulls the country back from the brink of the first recession since 2001. Experts in this camp believe the uh, economy is shrinking now because of the fallout from the housing and the credit debacles. Uh, businesses are shedding jobs, Wall Street is convulsing, energy prices are skyrocketing, and people are reluctant to spend their money, yet these economists say lower interest rates should help uh, cushion the blow of a recession. Many consumers, businesses, and investors are simply running scared now, economist consultant Carl Tannenbaum said. The rate cutting began in September with the goal of shoring up the economy and reviving spending. The Fed's key rate has fallen from 5.25% to 3%. The pace picked up measurably in January when during an eight-day period the Fed slashed the rate by 1.25 percentage points. It was the biggest one-month reduction in 25 years. So... Eh, they'll say, you know, they say it'll cushion the blow for the inevitable uh, excruciating pain of the upcoming recession. You know what they say uh, Irish foreplay is? Brace yourself, Mary. Well, brace yourself. Because it just, you know, it just gets, uh, it's going to get much worse before it gets better. Democrat uh, Barack Obama expanded his fragile lead in uh, delegates over rival Hillary Rodham Clinton today, picking up at least uh, seven delegates as Iowa activists took the next step in uh, picking delegates to the National Convention. Half the 14 delegates allocated to John Edwards on the basis of caucus night projections switched uh, today, and Obama got most, if not all of them. Iowa Democratic Party officials said that with more than 86% of the delegates picked, Obama claimed 52% of the delegates elected at uh, county conventions today, compared to uh, 32% for Clinton. About 16% of the delegates picked on sat- uh, uh, um, during today's conventions uh, were sticking with Edwards. <laughs> Democratic, even though he's been uh, dropped from the race since the time that Iowa held the caucus, of course, in January. Democratic Party projections said the results mean Obama increased by seven the number of delegates he collected from the state, getting a total of 23, compared to 14 for Clinton and seven for Edwards, with one who still 
hasn't decided. Maybe Edwards still. 12 automatic delegates bring the state's total to 57. Obama has been endorsed by four of these. Clinton got three of them with the remainder also uncommitted. They're, they're, they're in talks with Edwards. Uh, counting Iowa's results today, uh, an Associated Press delegate tally showed Obama with 1,610 delegates and Clinton with 1,496. So still Obama keep keeping that slim lead. And who knows to what end, because, you know, some there could easily be some kind of drastic upset or it could just continue that way to be a real squeaker up until the end. And if it is, then oh, I guess Obama is going to take it. Obama won the state's uh, precinct caucuses in January with 39 percent of the vote. But, you know, you got to you got to ask yourself, man, with the, all this Clinton political know-how, they've got to have something up their sleeve, right? They know how to play this game. Obama people are very organized, uh, said uh, Iowa Democratic Chairman Scott Brennan. They've been working very hard for these conventions. So that's the real ticket, is to get these people. It's like how the right-wing uh, wackos, uh, you know, did it back in the early 80s with Reagan. They just, you know, they, they fucking pound them into churches, you know, every time... Uh, you know, somebody goes by your front door, you know, they stop and, you know, say, hey, be sure you get out and vote for Obama. You know, it's good for the black people. And, you know, even if you're white, <laughs> you think to yourself, hey, that's not bad. Nothing wrong with that. Elliot Spitzer finally had to tell someone his secret. It was last Saturday morning. He had just spent five hours driving through a fierce storm to his family in his Fifth Avenue apartment. Until then... The law and order New York governor had not dropped a hint of the bombshell that was about to force him out of office. Not a strained word during public appearances on Friday in Manhattan or glad-handing the media at a Saturday dinner in Washington. But shortly after entering his luxurious high-rise building a little after noon, Spitzer faced his wife of 20 years, Silda, and he had to tell her. Uh, Mr. Clean, ex-prosecutor, known for fighting corruption and taking the moral high ground, was going to be ousted as a client of a $5,500 an hour prostitution ring. $5,500 an hour whore. After a few hours, and then, you know, (laughs) you got to wonder, does she think to herself, well, at least he's not fucking, you know, some skank. I mean... Of course, my husband deserves a $5,000 whore. After a few hours alone, they broke the news to their three teenage daughters. Man, I got two teenage daughters. I, I, I mean, one that was a teenager, one that is. And I got to tell you, man, that could not have been easy. Holy crap. A day later, the scandal went public. Two days after that, his career would be officially finished. Spitzer's secrets uh, began to unravel last year when banks tipped internal revenue service agents to something strange going on with his accounts. Authorities said his money transfers were setting off all kinds of red flags. Apparently, the government keeps track of major account, you know, money shifting, including major, you know, large deposits and money transfers and withdrawals. And they flag them all and they report them to the government. There's absolutely no privacy in banking. The case was referred last fall to federal prosecutors who came to believe that Spitzer may have spent tens of thousands of dollars transferring money between accounts to pay for prostitutes, according to law enforcement official 
who spoke on condition of anonymity because of the uh, sensitivity of this case. The first public hint of Spitzer's downfall was dropped in a uh, federal court in Manhattan on March 6th. Four people were charged with running a prostitution and money laundering ring called the Emperor's Club VIP. It was clear that this was more than a run-of-the-mill prostitution bust. The prosecutors assigned to the case were headed by the U.S. Attorney's Public Corruption Unit, which generally looks at cases uh, involving elected officials. None of the prostitution ring's clients were named, but the 47-page document detailed dealings with 10 of them identified only as clients 1 through 10. Spitzer was 9. Same as in the past, no question about a client 9 told a booking agent uh, when asked if he had um, sent cash to the same place as he did in the past. When told that uh, he would be meeting the prostitute known as Kristen, client 9 said, great, okay, wonderful. So they bugged his calls because they saw large amounts over a short period of time, tens of thousands of dollars being transferred uh, the guy was addicted to fucking whores. I mean, you would think a $5,000 whore, even for a millionaire, it's a once-in-a-lifetime splurge. I mean, what the fuck? What the, what the hell kind of pussy is 5000 Unless you're like the Prince of Siam, you can't keep having $5,000-a-night whores. Nobody can. Otherwise, you spend all your money on whores. I mean, back in the day when I was fucking whores, maybe I did, you know, once or twice a week. So what would have, you know, we're talking by today's standards, that's 10 grand a week. Nobody's that rich. Even the rich aren't that rich. So that's why the government follows that kind of money around. And they say that he transferred um, maybe up to 80 grand, they suspect, into this account. So I don't care what, over what period of time, over it was like four or five years, but this guy was a good client to spend 80 grand. I'd love to have any uh, customer... Spending 80 grand. Uh, an American petite, very petite brunette, 5 feet, 5 inches, and 150 pounds, the agent, Tamika Rochelle Lewis, told Client 9, according to the affidavit. Court paper said that uh, he paid $4,300 in cash, and the next morning Spitzer left the hotel for Capitol Hill. He did an early interview on CNBC and testified before Congress about a crisis in the... Uh, bond insurance market. Three weeks later, on March 7th, a federal official told Spitzer that he was implicated in the call girl case. He learned about it sometime between uh, smiling for the cameras as he uh, doled out $5 million to downtown small businesses and attending a forum about the future of education. He just wanted to buy uh, about his business as if nothing was you know, going on. The next day, which was last Saturday, Spitzer hopped a plane back to Washington for the 123rd Annual Gridiron Club Dinner, the party for journalists and uh, political personalities. The government, in white tie and tails, mingled with the Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice, uh, filmmaker Ken Burns, and Chief Justice John Roberts. You would think that he knew in his head that when this comes out next week, all these people are going to be, you know, sickened that I just was acting, you know, but no, he wasn't affected by that. So if he had any decency, he would immediately, you know, go underground, you know, issue written statements only through a, you know, public relations firm that could soften the blow. Get the guy who did uh, Michael Jackson, because there's apparently some people who still like him. <laughs> so somebody's working very hard. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Saturday, March the 15th. 
the year of our Lord, 2008. You know what that means. None of us have a life, so why not stop by the Chester Radio chat room and say hi, hanging with the lovely Louie in there. By the way, um, we mentioned on the show a couple of times over the week about uh, Louie's disappearance. You can call off the dogs. The, the, the be on the lookout has been canceled. The all points bulletin has been taken down. Apparently, Louie, what happened was Louie, as you know, by day is a high-tech advisor for the education system on technology f- uh, um, uh, for the, to, to assist um, um, disabled people. However, by night, of course, as you know, she runs a, a, a porno webcam cam service with some of the ladies in town, some of the church ladies. And her husband, of course, is a uh, the Baptist minister in town. And so what happened was they had gone on this, um, this annual mission that they do to uh, the savannas of Africa, and poor thing, she was uh, kidnapped by the pygmies, spent several days in captivity, um, teaching them uh, advanced uh, oral techniques, and uh, they you know, finally let her go. So we're good to see her. It's good to see her back. Welcome home. And um, don't fuck with that dial. Everybody's talking. Can't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Harry Nelson on JR. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. People stopping staring I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going while the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going well the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast winds Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean Like a stone The northeast winds sailing on summer breeze and skipping over the ocean like a stone. Everybody's talking at me, can't hear a word they're saying, only the echoes of my mind. I won't let you leave my love behind No, I won't let you leave 
Try America on Jester Radio. Nielsen, before that, everybody's talking. I'm going where the sun keeps shining through the pouring rain, going where the weather suits my clothes. Banking off the northeast wind, sailing on a sun breeze, skipping over the ocean like a storm. Hey, uh, got something you need to say? Jester, piss you off. Uh, give us a call, uh, we'll get you live on the air, and you can express your strong dissatisfaction. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with your old pal, the Jester. 646-502-8600, Skype in to Jester Radio. Email me directly, thejester at jesterradio.com, and there's a whole bunch of other ways that you can get in touch with us by simply going to www.jesterradio.com. And you can click on request and tell us what you want to hear. We'll get it live on the air within 15 minutes. Or I have my left testicle surgically removed live on air without the benefit of anesthesia. And K-Rock doesn't do that anymore. The suicide bombers who have killed 10,000 people in Iraq, including hundreds of American troops, usually are alienated young men from large families who are desperate to stand out from the crowd and make their mark, according to a U.S. military study. As long suspected, most come from outside Iraq, Saudi Arabia, home of um, almost all the 9-11 hijackers, uh, is the single largest source. Saudi Arabia, our good friends. And the pipeline is continuously replenished by al-Qaeda and Iraq's recruiters. The study... Obtained by Jester Radio profiles the suicide bombers and their sus- and their support system, based uh, in part on te- on interrogations of forty eight 
foreign fighters who were captured or, or surrendered. The U.S. commanders trying to understand the system, including al-Qaeda in Iraq's recruiting, training, and transportation network so it can be disrupted before the bombers strike. According to the summary, interrogators concluded that most foreign fighters are Sunni Muslim men between 18 and 30 with the mean age of 22. Almost always single males with no children tend to be students or have blue-collar jobs ranging from taxi drivers to construction and retail sales. Not something you'd you know, sorely miss if you go to uh, paradise. The summary went on to describe that the majority of fighters is having 6 to 12 years of schooling, very few having gone to college. Most come from families in poor or middle-class neighborhoods and have uh, 6 to 8 siblings. How do you like that? In these large family groups, individuals seek ways to make their mark, to set them apart in many ways. Entering jihad gives sons a way of, to show themselves unique in a large family. Yeah, he's the one that went into the uh, terrorist business. According to the National Counterterrorism Center in Washington, 949 suicide bombers killed 10,119 people, wounded 22,995 people from the beginning of just 2004 until now. Data compiled by the uh, AP through its own reporting found that between April 28, 2005 and March 13, 2008, which is yesterday, uh, day before, there were 708 incidents involving suicide bombings, with a total of 14,633 Iraqis wounded, 7,098 dead. 7,000 Iraqis dead from suicide bombers. According to the data tracked by author Mahmoud uh, Hafez in his separate study, suicide bombers in Iraq, there have been 1,800 suicide attacks worldwide since the phenomenon began back in the 1980s, and of those, more than half have taken place in Iraq. More than 900 suicide attacks in Iraq. Certainly the phenomenon is growing, said Haifez, political science professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas. U.S. Rear Admiral Gregory Smith, the spokesman for multinational forces in Iraq, said the overwhelming majority of suicide attackers are foreigners. Iraq has become the flashpoint. It's attracted every wacko in the area to come and, uh, you know, challenge uh, the top gun. It's like when the new marshal comes to town, you know, all the, the, you know, the, the legendary shooters, you know, come in to have a shoe down. In New Jersey, the governor's emails might shed light on whether he inappropriately conferred with a labor leader that he once uh, dated. In Detroit, uh, the mayor's text messages revealed a sexually charged scandal. In California, a fight rages for access to emails sent by a city councilwoman uh, about a controversial biological laboratory. Even the White House has been under pressure from Democrats in Congress over its problem-plagued email system. While email and text messaging has become a hugely popular way to communicate throughout society, governments at all levels are often unwilling to let the public see the emails of their elected officials. This is just another one of these cases where you hire people and then they get their job and then they forget that who they're working for. They think like you're working for them. Officially, emails uh, in all but a handful of states are treated like paper documents, of course, subjected to 
freedom of information uh, requests. But most of the states have rules allowing them to choose which emails to turn over, and most decide on their own when email records are deleted. There seems to be an attitude throughout government at all levels that somehow electronic communications are of its own kind and not subject to the laws uh, the way that the print communications are, said P- Patrice McDermott, directory of OpenTheGovernment.org. So we keep hearing reports of governors and mayors who uh, decree that their email records can be destroyed in six weeks or six months with no appraisal for permanent value, uh, no review by an independent body, she said. Open records uh, advocates contend by keeping electronic communications private States are giving their elected officials an avenue to operate in secret. They use taxpayer-funded computers to send and receive email, but with little or no obligation to make such communications public. The uh, public needs, and of course, this is exactly what they do. This is um, uh, well put, because what happens in a situation like this is, you know, you'll have a meeting with the governor, and he'll say, tut, tut, tut. You know, I have to interrupt you. Let's finish this conversation by email because this live conversation or any written conversation that we have about it uh, would be subject to public scrutiny. But there's a loophole in the law where the law hasn't caught up to the uh, uh, you know innovation of email where I can still throw any email away that I want. The public needs to realize that it's their possibility for accountability and historical review that's being put through the electronic shredder. New Jersey Governor John S. Corzine is fighting in court to keep secret his emails with his ex-girlfriend Carla Katz, leader of the most powerful union representing thousands of state workers. State Republicans sued when Corzine refused to turn over his emails. You imagine the chutzpah of this guy? You know, if you own the company and your employees are using your computers to send email, it's your email. Somebody comes into your house and opens up, you know, your computer and starts doing personal shit. It belongs to you. That's the definition of personal. Keep it fucking personal. You have an obligation to keep it personal. If you don't, you lose the the privilege. He seems to think he's running a private company when he sets the rules and ignores them when it serves his purpose, said Tom Wilson. The New Jersey Republican Party chief, he isn't doing business. He's leading a government established by and for the people. Corzine said that he's protecting privileges afforded to governors to keep communication private while keeping his personal life shielded from public examination. I think in the American system, people believe that people have a right to a private life, Corzine said. I certainly do. I agree with him on that. But, of course, then he has to do that in private. Corzine is among several governors who say they don't use email but without a system that grants um, access to emails, open records advocates wonder how the public would know if that's true. An Associated Press survey conducted in conjunction with Sunshine Week, nationwide effort to draw attention to the public's right to know, found emails for governors are in at least seven states are officially exempt from disclosure under the Freedom, uh, Freedom of Information Act. They are exempt. They have passed laws saying... Uh, you know, that email is an exemption to freedom of information. So that means whenever they want to have a, uh, you know, private conversation, they just go to email. It's a loophole. Even in the other states, access to email is limited at best. Public record guardians decide which emails to turn over and which ones they won't. Now that email has replaced faxes and standard mail is the preferred mode of communication, it's important 
that these emails fall under open public record acts, said Heather Taylor of the Citizens Campaign, a New Jersey-based group fighting for open government. Public access to elected officials' email is largely an untested area of open records law, even as government email use pro- proliferates. This is becoming a pretty hot issue, said Carl Olson, San Francisco attorney representing a newspaper in a fight to get emails from a city council member. State laws vary on how long emails must be retained, and some states uh, charge exorbitant fees for providing copies of email. There's also debate whether emails sent by public officials from private accounts should be subjected to a freedom of information request. Well, absolutely not. Of course, anybody's entitled to private communication. They just, you know, they just can't do it on the taxpayer's dime. I can't go into my boss's work and to his cubicle and fire up uh, his copy of Outlook and start sending email to my fucking Aunt Sadie in Kansas, can I? You wouldn't want somebody doing that with your property, would you? Some authorities purge old emails sooner than others, said Bill uh, Luetters, president of the Wisconsin Freedom of Information Council, and the legislature, in its wisdom, exempted itself from the retention rule in place uh, for other state officials. So lawmakers can simply delete emails that they uh, point to unethical or criminal conduct. Across the country, denial uh, to request for email access seems to be commonplace. The Detroit, uh, Detroit Free Press sought access to text messages sent between uh, Detroit Mayor uh, Kwame Kilpatrick and his chief of staff, uh, Christine Beatty, the Free Press agent, was unable to get access to the messages through a records request, but still got about 14,000 text messages on Beatty's city-issued city pager from uh, 03 to, 02 to 03 through another source that it hasn't named. Of course, there's a, we all know that there's a, lots of folks that work inside the phone company that are happy to sell those records to people on the outside. So if you're using, you know, uh, th- there's no such thing as privacy anymore, especially for public people. So if you're using um, your cell phone and sending text messages out in the open that say, you know, I can't wait, to, you know, to fuck your pussy tonight, somebody's going to find it. There's just no way not to. So conduct yourself, you know, uh, in a uh, you know respectable, ethical manner. Imagine, you know, uh, somebody once said that uh, it wouldn't hurt um, if more people went around uh, acting as if their mother was looking over their shoulders. Amen to that. You're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred gets you live on the air. Uh, stop by jesterradio.com for a chat. And uh, lots of other cool things. Bus stop, wet day. She's there. I say, please share my umbrella. And this is what happened. Bus stop, wet day. She's there. I say, please share my umbrella. On bus stop, bus go. She stays. Love grows under my umbrella.
That guy could sing a song, Roy Orbison, singing for the lonely. Yeah, that's me, and I love you only. The Hollies before that bus stop. Every morning I would see her waiting at the stop. Sometimes she'd shop, and she would show me what she bought. Other people stared as if we were both quite insane. 
and someday my name and hers are going to be the same. Beautiful little story there from the Holly family. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown. And it's Saturday, March the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Got something to say about it? 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with the jester. Get it off your chest. It's good for you. President Bush said today that the government must guard against going too far in trying to fix the troubled economy, cautioning that one of the worst things you can do is overcorrect. And, of course, this comes from the fucking super genius George Bush in his weekly radio address said that uh, he recently passed the program of uh, tax rebates for families and businesses, and that should begin to lift the economy. (laughs) Everybody's going to get 300 bucks, and that should do the trick. He urged caution about doing more, particularly about the crisis in the housing market where prices are tumbling and home foreclosures have soared to an all-time high. This is what he's actually hinting around at. He doesn't want to see anybody getting bailed out of the mortgage crisis. This is the big fear of all the banks, that the government's going to step in and say, lower everybody's mortgage by 30% or uh, extend everybody's mortgage by 20 years, you know, uh, and that's what they're deathly afraid of. So this is what he's hinting around at. We can't have none of that. If we were to pursue some of the sweeping government solutions that we hear about in Washington, we would make a complicated problem even worse. And, of course, by worse, he means much better for the people, but much worse for the banks, and end up honing, uh, hurting f- uh, far more homeowners than we help. And uh, by this, uh, I can only imagine that he may be alluding to future home homeowners, um, meaning that less people will be able to afford owning a home in the future. Um, but I'm not even sure that that's correct. Uh, I have really no idea what that means. The economy has surpassed uh, the Iraqi war as the number one concern among voters in this presidential election year. Big job losses, soaring fuel costs, credit crisis, turmoil on Wall Street. In the long run, we can be confident that our economy will continue to grow but in the short run, it's clear that growth has slowed, Bush said. So this is a pathological liar. He can't even bring himself to say it's that growth hasn't slowed. Uh, growth slowing is a euphemism for uh, the economy uh, failing. Growth doesn't slow. Either it's growing or it's not growing. Uh, he was spending the weekend at Camp David for a change of pace. Uh, in Maryland's uh, Catechin Mountains after delivering a speech in New York about the economy and helping raise $1.4 million for uh, McCain. Democrats said that they'll try to strengthen the economy with measures dealing with housing, energy efficiency, and renewable energy. God forbid. The president continues to convince himself that inaction is the cure-all for the economic problems hurting hardworking Americans. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid said in a written statement, but Democrats know that wait-and-see is not a reasonable strategy for an economy that's teetering on the brink of recession. Wages and home values are down, Reed said, but prices for everything from health care to tuition to energy are up. Just this week, oil and gas prices reached record highs, while the value of the dollar reached historic lows. I hope the president, who's been slow to acknowledge the problem, joins us in recognizing how urgency we need a solution set, of course, with tongue firmly planted in cheek, knowing the president will never realize any such thing. Not this bonehead. The Reverend Jeremiah Wright, Jr., whose sermons raging against the United States 
have sparked controversy is no longer formally tied to uh, the uh, Democratic presidential campaign uh, candidate Barack Obama, according to a Obama spokesman today, Wright, longtime uh, spiritual advisor to Obama and pastor of his Chicago church, was off Obama's African-American Religious Leadership Committee as of last night, uh, according to campaign spokesman Tommy Victor, who didn't elaborate. The move follows calls for Obama to sever connections to Wright after news outlets began airing some of the pastor's past sermons. This guy has been going on about how, uh, you know, September 11th was brought on um, by um, <laughs> the uh, the you know, all the homos and whatever it is the fuck these people say, you know, that we're all to blame because we're not, you know, walking along God's step. Uh, he also said that the government uh, invented AIDS to uh, kill all the black people. <laughs> now, this is a guy, this is not a guy that Obama was uh, peripherally associated with. This was his confidant, his spiritual leader. He was the he was the minister at his church that he went to every Sunday for 20 years. He he baptized both his children. He married them. So he must have heard somewhere. I mean, you know, I hate to, uh, uh, you know, do this guilt by association thing. I, I, I hate it when people do that. But over 20 years, man, he must have known what this guy stood for. I mean, he p assigned him to this um, American Religious Leadership Committee um, he's got to know his background, got to know what the guy believed in. Obama says he's like an uncle to him, but I mean, you know, uh, I, you know, I had crazy uncles too. I didn't hire them. 21-year-old Harris County woman um, uh, has filed a $200,000 lawsuit against American Airlines alleging employees on a flight to Los Angeles from Dallas-Fort Worth Airport failed to protect her while she slept from another passenger who masturbated on her and ejaculated in her hair, according to a lawsuit she filed. Uh, the Harris County woman alleges employees knew the risks associated with failing to police the passengers to ensure that passengers do not hurt one another. Airline officials didn't return phone calls seeking comment in a statement to the Houston TV station last year. A spokesman said the company regretted the incident, uh, but the flight crew took the appropriate action. The woman and her lawyer could not be reached for comment um, uh, de destined for a, uh, sp uh, this woman had been, gone on a spring break uh, uh, visit with her family and friends on uh, March 19th of last year. She flew from Houston to Dallas-Fort Worth Airport and had settled into a seat for the last leg of the flight to L.A. about 11 p.m. Uh, according to the suit, the woman slept most of the flight but awoke 20 minutes before landing uh, when the pilot announced the plane was on descent into L.A. When the woman opened her eyes... Now, get this. She saw that an unknown man had moved into the seat next to her and was staring at her while he masturbated. Now, it doesn't clearly say cock in or cock out, but here now, listen to what happened, okay? The woman immediately turned to the window in embarrassment as an act of nervousness. She began to run her fingers through her hair, and she noticed a substantial amount of an extremely sticky substance in her hair. According to the lawsuit, the woman began to cry, tried to get the attention of a flight attendant, but was unsuccessful. Finally, a passenger in the row in front of the woman comforted her and verified that the uh, it was semen in her hair. She said, yes, honey, he um, 
He just, uh, you know, doused you. When the, when the plane landed, employees called airport police. The man was arrested. Uh, the suit alleges that during the investigation, American Airlines employees told police that they had witnessed the man move from his assigned seat into the row where the woman was sleeping. Uh, and, uh, you know, so the, she contends that they should have, you know, said, you know, move back. Woman seeking punitive damages and she's looking for a jury trial. Because she knows, man, when she gets to the part where she ran her fingers through her hair and the guy's spunk was all in her hair, I don't even know how chicks who love you can fucking handle that. But, man, she fucking touched some stranger's skanky cum in her hair. I'm getting like a... I'm getting uncomfortable just thinking about it. Hey, it never rains in Southern California. You know what I'm talking about. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jess Radio. Please don't fuck with that dial. Got on board a westbound 747. Didn't think before deciding what to do. Talk of opportunities, TV breaks and movies rang true, sure and true. Seems it never rains in Southern California. Southern California 
was just playing. I'm hot as a fuck in this thing. I, uh, I can't. If any, if you hear, if any younger people in the audience, you'll hear the ice cream man go out and give me some shit. I know the young people can. I remember when you was little, you could hear them ice cream bells, boy. The ice cream man. Remember he would come to town and everybody would lose their fucking mind? You couldn't hear your mother calling you, but you hear that ice cream man three blocks away. And no matter what you was doing, the shit stopped when Mr. Softy came to town. You'd be playing marbles and shit. You'd be... And then your mother would come to the window and start throwing change out the window saying, go get your father a toasted almond bar and get yourself a vanilla cone and get your brother the ice here and put the ice here and bring me back my change. And you catch all that shit and run down the street top speed after the ice cream man. And the ice cream man always drove an extra block and shit. And I know he's seen us and shit. I think he was just in the car with his friend going, watch how fast I made you little motherfuckers run. And you'd be behind him doing 50 going, ice cream! You stop the car and pull over, you come up and say, ice cream man, uh, give me this, uh, give me this, uh, give me uh, a toast on my ball for my father, and I ice give my mother change. Thank you, ice cream man. Thank you. Thank you, ice cream man. Thank you, ice cream man. Thank you. Because you know kids, they get happy when they get ice cream. You don't eat your ice cream for like a half hour, you be dancing around with it going, I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. And I'm gonna eat it all. I'm gonna eat all. The ice cream be running all down your arm and shit. I'm gonna eat all of my ice cream. There's always be one kid on the side dating no ice cream. The kids don't give a fuck. They say, You don't have no ice cream. You didn't get none. You didn't get none. You didn't get none. Cause you were on the welfare. And can't afford it. He can't afford it. He can't afford it. He can't afford it. He can't. All the other kids joining me going, He can't afford it. He can't afford it. And his father is an alcoholic. He wants some ice cream. He wants some ice cream. Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. One lick. Psych, you want some ice cream. You want to eat some of it, but you cannot have it. You want it. You drop your There's a port on a western bay And it serves a hundred ships a day Lonely sailors pass the time away And talk about their home This harbor town and she works laying whiskey down they say brandy 
fetch another round She serves them whiskey and wine They say the same brandy You're a fine girl silent town and loves a man who's not around and she still can hear him say brandy you're a fine girl what a good wife you would be but my life my love and my lady is the sea looking glass on just radio kind of a wacky uh, song there eddie murphy before that and the ice cream man Mar uh, albert hammond Started that set, Never Rains in uh, California. This uh, interesting piece I found in the uh, Sunday Times. Women may be at risk of mental health breakdowns if they have abortions. Medical Royal College has warned the Royal College of Psychiatrists say that women should not be allowed to have an abortion until they're canceled on the possible risk to their mental health. Can you imagine women should not be allowed? The fuck are these people? The... Um, overturns the consensus that has stood for decades that the risk to mental health of continuing an unwanted pregnancy outweighs the risks of living with the possible regrets of having an abortion. Members of Parliament will shortly vote on a proposal to reduce the upper time limit for abortions for social reasons from 24 to 20 weeks. Move is not backed by the government. Sunday Times poll shows that 59% of women would support the reduction, only 28% 
uh, backing the status quo. Taken together, just under half, or 48% of men, men and women, want a reduction to 20 weeks, and only 35% want to remain at 24 weeks. Uh, some MPs uh, also want women to have a cooling-off period. It's like buying a gun, in which they would be made aware of the possible consequences of the abortion, including the impact on their, med- on their mental health uh, before they can go ahead. This is obviously just another, clearly just another effort by this, uh, you know, Christian movement to, um, uh, you know, uh, s- stop uh, people having abortions on any grounds, even phony medical and psychological evidence. The controversy intensified earlier this year when an inquest uh, in Cornwall heard that a talented artist hanged himself because, uh, hanged herself, I say, because she was overcome with grief after aborting her twins. Like, we have to know it was twins. Emma Beck, 30, left a note saying, living is hell for me. I should never have had an abortion. I see now I uh, would have been a good mum. I want to be with my babies. They need me. No one else does. There you go. So she was obviously, this is clear evidence that having an abortion, I guess all the other millions of abortions a year, um, although in um, in Great Britain there were only 200,000 abortions every year, and 90% of them are done by doctors who stay the, state that they believe that the pregnancy and and the birth would cause a greater mental strain than the abortion. Uh, But now they're backtracking on that. They think maybe now that uh, it's bad for you to have an abortion. Uh, You know, know, years ago we we saw that the church started getting into the schools and and forcing them to... um, you know, say that the only real way of avoiding uh, getting some kind of infection is um, abst- is abstention. And of course, that's true, um, but that's not practical advice for the millions of children who have sex with each other, you know, every year, every day of every year. I don't know where you come from, but where I come from, the kids mess around with each other. And uh, as uh, as Yenta the matchmaker said, from such children come other children. So since we know that it happens and we know that no matter how much we tell them not to, they'll continue to do it, the best thing to do is to tell them that if they do decide to do it against their you know parents' wishes, that they should know that uh, they can protect themselves from disease and unwanted pregnancy with condoms but the church insisted and and continues to this day insists that we not teach the children that condoms protect them from um, unwanted pregnancies and disease because they fear that telling them to do that will then give them license to do it and of course in many cases it does but that's just the way it is they're going to do it with or without the condom so for their sake and for society's sake, it's better that they use the condom. But the church is so entrenched in its um, insistence that everything is just fucking done the way they want it done that then the, then they started coming out and saying, you know what? Uh, it turns out that we've done studies and these condoms don't even work. <laughs> yeah, they have employees uh, that are, um, you know, 
disgruntled and they p- prick p- pinholes in all the condoms. And it turns out we did studies, nine out of ten condoms leak and they're, they don't even work. So, sorry. And they just completely manufactured this phony bullshit story. They put out pamphlets. They told all the fucking teachers to tell all the kids condoms don't work. Um, and tried to run this smear campaign because it's not about um, dealing with reality. It's just about this rigid confirmation to um, to the to to the way that they want you to live their life. Christianity, all these um, radical religions, are all about not just the the people who follow them. Uh, have to follow the rules, but everybody has to follow the rules. For the whole scam to work, it's like the emperor's new clothes. If one person points out, if one person's eating, you know, uh, meat on Friday, it makes all the other jackasses look like jackasses. So uh, it's not enough that they choose, we're going to teach this to our children, or we're going to do this with our family, or I'm going to choose not to be a homo. But these people actually have to go out and protest, and that's even not enough. They then have to go into the, these public uh, venues that are paid for by the tax dollars of people who, many of whom don't share their same beliefs, me for one, and they try to convert that system over to their way too because if their Christian children are going to be in those schools and the schools should be Christian and fuck everybody else. So what I say is, fuck you. If you want your children to pray, then get on your fucking lazy ass knees at home before they go to school and pray because I don't want any praying in front of my children. I don't want any of your stupid, superstitious gibbering uh, to frighten my children and to ask me embarrassing questions like, what is God? When I've taught them since the day they were born that God is a made up bullshit story by sick, sad, stupid, small people who uh, don't know a fuck about the way the world works. And they just point to this you know, crazy leprechaun monster in the sky who sees everything and punishes you after you die for all the bad things that you did. And bad isn't always necessarily based on what's bad, like you might think, like might hurt somebody or be you know, like truly bad, but it's just according to a set of random rules that we wrote up. Like if you walk around... Uh, touching your penis through your pocket, that's bad. Uh, if you um, p- try to touch you know, Mary's tit under the uh, bleachers, that's bad. Uh, sending somebody to the electric chair because you suspect that they killed somebody, that's good, oddly enough. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Saturday, March the 15th. The year of our Lord, 2008. Got something to say about it? Well, give us a call. 646-502-8600. Get it off your chest. Elton John from Before He Sucked on Jester Radio. Don't fuck with that dial. It gets good. Starting right now.
when the first man was put on the earth, uh, he had no clothes, you know. They didn't have clothes for years and years and years, you know. And then with, it seemed with each article of clothing that people began to wear, they began to get more prudish about it. It's kind of inverse ratio to the amount of clothes you have on, they become more prudish. To the point where one of the strange phenomenons today is the nudist camp. And you can count on about three times a year, one of the newspapers here will send a photographer and a reporter out, you see, and they will get pictures and they'll run a big expose on the nudist camp. And of course, we all buy the papers and we try to spot our friends, you know. <laughs> because that's how they sell the papers, you know. But <laughs> it's kind of a strange frame of reference to be in. Though, you know, that these people, you know, are walking around with nothing on and we're walking around fully clothed and we think they're strange and they think we're strange, you know. So I wonder what it was like to be the reporter and the photographer, you know. So this is the reporter and the photographer. They're just sneaking over the wall. <laughs> To, to cover this new expose for the paper on the news camps. All right, come on down, Arnold. Come on down, will you? Somebody's gonna spot you up there. All right, all right throw me the camera. That's the way. All right, now get down. All right, now take your clothes off. Will you take your clothes off? The socks and everything, yes. You want people staring at you? <laughs> these, these people think nothing of it. What are you giggling at? <laughs> it's a scar from the war, that's what it is. <laughs> I was not running away from the enemy. Shells hit behind you, you know. Look, don't crouch like that, will you? Like a, like a dead giveaway. These people think nothing of it. Just, just walk over. Now, when they come by, get, get their picture. Here, here come some people. Oh, hello there. I know I'm crouching, Arnold. I know I'm crouching. <laughs> uh, are we new members? Yeah, uh, how'd you guess that? A <laughs> lot, lot of the new members crouch down like this, do they? <laughs> well, it, it takes you a little while, you know, to get, get over your inhibitions. Uh -huh. Well, nice, nice meeting you. We're, we're certainly enjoying it here. Did you get their pictures? What do you think we're here for? All right, all right listen, here come some people. Get, get down like, like we dropped a quarter or something. Oh, hi there, hi there. Huh? Now, now we, uh, we dropped a quarter. Hmm? From where? <laughs> I, I guess, I guess it, um, it, it must have fallen out of our ear, I guess. Huh? <laughs> you know, we always try to keep a little change on us. And run into a Coke machine or something like that. <laughs> well, that, nice, nice talking to you. All right, goodbye. I think he's suspicious. All right, let's get, get some more pictures. We'll get out of here. Yeah, there's some people over there. Get their, get their pictures. All right, now let's get out of here. All right, I'll close behind the bush over here. And I guess they're behind the other bush. 
All these bushes look alike, huh? <laughs> All right, never mind. We'll climb over the wall and, and we'll get somebody to call the office for us. <laughs> All right, let's get behind the bushes here. Uh, sir? You, you, sir? Yes. Uh, would you please call the Chronicle? And yes, I, I know I don't have any clothes on, sir. <laughs> sir, would, would you, sir? Sir, just a minute. Sir, just, just a minute. I will hail a cab. Yeah, a cab, cab. <laughs> cab, cab, cab. <laughs> cab, cab. They, 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 won't, they won't pick. All right, here comes a bus. We'll have to take a bus. <laughs> so, I, listen, we're going to have to sneak on. We don't have any money. <laughs> This, uh, this go to uh, Maine, does it? Mm -hmm. right, just sneak on. Just, just follow me. That's it. That's it. Right. Right, sit, sit, sit down. Sit down. All right, act, act, act very calm. They always have leather seats, don't they? All right. All right, don't, don't, don't pay any attention to the bus driver. Right. I know he's yelling at us. We didn't pay. Don't pay any attention. What, what are you getting up for? You don't give your seat to a lady under these conditions. Sit down. <laughs> right. L let me hold the camera on my lap for a while, will you? <laughs> Put the load 
on Jester Radio. Take a load off Annie. Take a load for free. The weight. Bob Newhart before that in the nudist camp routine and Elton John from Before He Sucked. There's a fly in the window, a dog in the yard, and a year since I saw you. And there's a trunk in the little corner. I keep all my letters and bills and demands I keep too, but I can't help thinking about the time you were a wife of mine and you aimed to please me, cook black-eyed peas me, and made elderberry wine. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio this Saturday, March the 15th. So glad to have you stop by and spend a little of your time with us this evening. Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that if you've missed any portion of this evening's show, it will be recast at 2 a.m. and then again tomorrow at 2 p.m. And you can also download the podcast, and it's free, and you could subscribe to it, uh, open your iTunes, and search for, for um, Ravings of a Clown. And if you can't uh, find it, there's a easy and convenient link right on jesterradio.com. Click on podcast, and there's a cool link there. You can click on it, and Viola, it just adds our podcast to your subscription list. And every morning you wake up, and you got the, the Jester to take with. That's the whole cool thing about the podcast. You take it, the, you take it with. Uh, going over this evening's email, a lot of folks are... Uh, gratified and uh, re- relieved to hear that uh, L- uh, Louis was um, rescued and is back safely at home in El Paso. And apparently we'll start doing shows uh, probably tomorrow night. And um, also a lot of people have been writing in and asking about the toilet seat lady. There is really nothing happening until next week when um, this guy, the boyfriend who apparently 
is, you know, like a couple of deuces short of a deck himself, uh, goes up on charges for abuse or not reporting her soon enough or I don't know. It just seems like two unfortunate people that found each other. And uh, thank, you know, heavens for that, because a lot of times in this sick fucking world, uh, the unfortunate ones find people who are a bit more capable than them and take advantage of them. That's usually the, the code of the road nowadays. So when I hear a story about this, like two pathetic people that did, you know, some like wacky fucked up thing, you know, I mean... You know, I could think of uh, uh, times when I wanted to lock myself in a bathroom for two years. And by the way, you gotta you gotta uh, commend this woman on the choice of location. It's not like you know she ever had to go to the bathroom. She was right there. And that's really your one physical need. You don't want it to go. You don't want to like you know keep piling up in the corner there. You see what I'm saying? Now, yes, the fact that her skin was physically stuck to the seat and started growing into the seat, that has me alarmed, too. And, I'm, and I, of course, I ask the obvious question, same as you, what kind of seat is this? Is this one of these soft, cushiony vinyl seats, or is it a hard plastic seat? Uh, in which case, <laughs> ow, uh, is she a very fat woman? And they say her skin was growing around the seat. Did the skin start to migrate away from her body and cover the toilet seat in some kind of science fiction kind of thing? Or did the skin uh, uh, actually just attach to the seat where she had like open sores and they didn't want to pry it away? I mean, of course, my, you know, mind, I go right to the mechanics of it. Exactly. Don't be vague, man. Tell me specifically what's going on, but we just can't get the facts uh, on this. So hopefully, if the guy goes to court, um, and he pleads not guilty, and it goes to trial, hopefully, then we'll hear all these horrific details. And it's, you know, I'm, I, I'm just the way you are. It's like a fucking train wreck. You know, you want to look away. You just can't. And then afterwards, you're always sorry. You know, you could fucking poke out your eyes, but you can't poke out your mind's eye. You know what I'm saying? So once you know the truth, then you think to your sphincter starts to tighten up and you think to yourself, did I need to hear that? Uh, extra special thanks to all those that stopped by the Jester Radio chat room this evening, including Jekyll and Espo and uh, Luann. And, um, oh, oh yeah, the other thing is the donate button. Please stop by the Jester Radio website at jesterradio.com and click on that button on the left that says donate um it says support us it means so very much to us uh and it just um you know without it we wouldn't be able to be here uh every evening bringing you uh the you know uh, uh what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours and 24 7 with the best and classic rock folk and comedy on the net maybe even the known universe we're still looking into that so hit that donate button uh, and give till it hurts. And you know that if you feel uh, that uh, warm, satisfied, um, comfy feeling after you do that, then you didn't do it right because it's supposed to really hurt. Seriously. Cat haters, never mind. The tiny town of Randolph has rescinded a $5 bounty on feral feline. Instead, the southwest Iowa town of 200 
has agreed to work with animal rescue groups on a catch, neuter, and release program. We've told them to get it lined up to do it, said Mayor Vince Trivley. The city council approved the bounty after receiving numerous complaints about feral cats under the original policy, which went into effect back on March 1st. Stray cats without collars would be taken to a veterinarian. If they weren't claimed, they'd be cacked. And this caused an uproar among the animal lovers. On Thursday, the city voted to end the bounty. And yeah, because people were just snatching cats out of their neighbor's yard, taking the fucking collars off and turning them in for the five bucks. It was better than, you know, tin cans. We're very keenly interested in helping the community. The mayor is reaching out for help, said Barbara Williamson of the Best Friends Group. I love the names of these groups. The task force will meet next week to devise a plan, which the city council will consider on Thursday, according to Elizabeth Porowski, spokeswoman for Alley Cat Allies. How do you like that? This is a group of people that spends their lives devoted to saving alley cats. You heard me. And I don't want to hear your bullshit about how your children don't have medicine. If they were fucking alley cats, they'd have medicine. What will happen is that the cats that are truly feral will return to the outdoors, and the cats that are strays are actually socialized will be adopted into homes. Porowski said, Sherry Hastings of Feline Friends, <laughs> another one of these, said she already has several veterinarians lined up to help. A lot more needs to be done. Did you know there were so many organizations out there? This is a town of 200 people. This is go there's going to be um, shelters that need to be built, cat food that needs to be donated, traps that we need, towels that we need, she said. There's a lot of uh, who's going to coordinate which end of it. Trilly said uh, she still wants the cats gone and said returning them to the town is not a solution. Uh, how would you like it if a dozen cats come around here every morning as you tried to feed your pets and gobble up food, chased your pets away, and then left a calling card on your yard? To step in, he said. When the bounty was in place, two cats, one of them pregnant, was turned in. The mayor said the first cat was ill and died. Uh, female uh, feline friends eventually uh, picked up that second cat. And Hastings says uh, that it's doing fine. Phew. What a relief. Yeah, you know what? Um, cats, uh, when they're feral, which means they've returned to the wild... Um, are just like, you know, any other kind of fucking nuisances like bears and ferrets and gophers and uh, raccoons. And they don't have a special class just because they exist alongside certain people. Um, and to some people, they're just a terrible nuisance. So, uh, you know, what I say to these groups, whenever I hear about these groups that are devoted to these kind of wacky causes... I say, you know, rethink your fucking priorities. My God, there's got to be somebody in your family that's in the armed services or that you can, you know, organize some volunteer to help uh, kids on the street taking drugs or, you know, people that really fucking need help. Things that are really important. But this fucking, you know, these deal, when she starts rattling off, oh, shit needs to be built and food needs to be donated, like, what the fuck? Are we talking about people here? Because if not, uh, this is, you know, seems to be just a terrible uh, mischanneling of energy. Uh, are you doing this for the uh, gophers in town, too, or the pigeons? Why, do, you know, why the cats? What's their special status? Don't get it.
Almost Heaven, West Virginia. It's uh, John Denver, Late Great on JR. Leave it right where it is. Almost Heaven, West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads, take me home to the place. Why? 
you lonely now Love's coming to an end But darling, only now Are you free to start again? Lift up your pretty chin Don't let those tears begin You're a big girl now And you'll go through somehow JR, smile, a little smile for me, Rosemary. What's the use in crying? In a little while, you'll see, Rosemary. You must keep on trying. I know that he hurt you bad. I know, darling. Don't be sad. John Denver, late great, started that set. Take me home, country roads. And so glad everyone is safe at home tonight. The Jeff is safe uh, from her adventure out west to the great uh, Grand Canyon. Oh, while she was out there, I tried to get her to go to that museum. There's this uh, museum near the Grand Canyon where they show like an alternate, the alternate Christian view of how the canyon, you know, they say like the canyon was, was formed for millions of years of the Colorado River slowly evolving. But of course, that doesn't jive with the Christian concept that the earth is 7,000 years old. So instead... This guy built an entire museum dedicated to showing how the Grand Canyon is only seven years old and that it was formed by Noah's flood. <laughs> swear to God. The guy spent like thousands building this museum. And people go from all over the world. And it shows how like man lived at the same time as dinosaurs and like how carbon dating is like a bunch of crap. And you can't believe those fucking scientists that all that carbon dating shit was all like from Satan. It's a trick from Satan. Everything that turns out, looking back now, retrospectively, historically, throughout time, that doesn't agree with Christianity, you know, canonism, is from Satan, obviously. What else would it be? You've been listening to the ravings of a clown this Saturday, March the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Honestly, can't express how I'm so moved and um, delighted to have spent a little time with you this evening. You know, this is my best two hours of my day, and uh, I hope it's um, also enjoyable for you. Please remember to be um, impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Uh, don't make assumptions, and always, always, and this is the most important thing, always do your best. doesn't matter um, who you think it'll piss off 
or who you think it'll gratify unjustly if you do your very best, always do it. It's just for you. And remember, when you're in the room, it's about you. So don't feel bad to make everything about you. That's why you open your eyes in the morning, and that's really what it is all about. So that's okay. It's not a bad thing. Self, being selfish is not a bad thing. Um, doing things for yourself, that's a human thing. Otherwise, we would all not be here. Don't let people, especially those wacky uh, Christians and religious people, tell you that nothing should ever be done for yourself. Everything should always be done for others. Those, of course, are the people who... Uh, presumably are the target of all the, of what's being done or the beneficiary, I should say, because if they were the people that had to actually do anything, well, we know religion doesn't do shit for anybody. They don't give, they just take. So keep that in mind. And uh, remember, we will be in that place where darkness never comes. Somebody, by the way, sent me a note the other day saying that they... Um, all of these rituals that I have, a lot of these things that I say over and over again, we've sort of lost the meaning of them. And they said they worry that when I say we will meet in that place where darkness never comes, that it's some kind of religious reference. Please make absolutely no mistake that it's not a religious reference. It's a reference to a line from 1984 that Winston Smith um, said just before he was arrested. And it's said in the, believe me, it's said in the greatest of um, hope and not the least uh, irony. And with that, um, we will, in fact, meet in the place where darkness never comes. And until that time, Eustace, good night. See you tomorrow. Our conversation was short and sweet. Nearly swept me off my Our feet. conversation was short and sweet It nearly swept me Off of my feet And I'm back in the rain mm, You are on dry land mm, You made it there somehow You're a big girl now on the horizon Sitting on a fence He's singing his song for me At his own expense And I'm just like that bird Oh, singing just for you Singing through these tears Love is so simple To quote a phrase You've known it all the time I'm learning it these days Oh, I know where I can find you Big girl all the way 
Time is a jet plane It moves too fast Oh, but what a shame That all we've shared can't last I can change, I swear See what you can do Make it through You can make it too A change in the weather Can be extreme But it ain't like changing Horses in midstream I'm going out of my mind With a pain that stops and starts oh, Like a corkscrew to my heart Ever since we've been apart 